and welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. With me, as always, your co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. I'm your other co-host, Cam, and we are here with you um, on, well, we're recording this on Monday night, December 5th, but this episode will not release until Thursday, December 8th, and in that is because it is a movie review episode, Kirk. We do this once a week uh, as long as we're able. So that's what we're going to do this week. How you doing? Oh, my. Ah, can you smell it? Can you, sm- <laughs> can you smell it, Cam? The smell of a fresh movie review? I can't. I have a deviated septum. So <laughs> <laughs> I struggle with things like that. In the world of improv. <laughs> You should have killed it. However, the joke was too good. <laughs> it was too good. Uh, so your deviant septum, I thought, was worked on. Oh, Sounds it was. Like you... It was. That's true. Well, I'm going to crack it open with some good jokes from Guardians, <laughs> the holiday it. special today. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Off to a good start. Off to a good yep. start. So... <laughs> I guess that was a little bit misleading. We are not reviewing a movie today. We're reviewing a Marvel Studios special presentation, which in this case is a 45-minute holiday special based on the Guardians of the Galaxy and directed by James Gunn, who is the master of all things Guardians of the Galaxy. So it's a short film for all intents and purposes. It's a holiday-centric movie. We are going to dive into it. We're going to talk about it um, in all its 45 minute glory. And maybe that means that we'll do a shorter review knowing us. I would say probably not because we, (laughs) (laughs) we tend to find a way to turn what should be the most straightforward things into very long, um, less than concise stories. And and this episode is three times as long (laughs) as the special. If this seriously though, Oh man, I didn't hit record on the, I didn't hit record. That's okay. <sighs> Is anything recording right now? The audio. Perfect. I say we keep going. And they don't do get the a video, video of, of Guardians this week. You think so? Absolutely. Mm. <laughs> He's torn. He's so torn. Just think of it. One less thing to do. Cam. I know. One, re- I'm really behind on the videos too, but and that'll be this will be your break right here. Take the break. <laughs> Are we leaving Take this the- in? Are we leaving this in the episode? Yes, every minute. <laughs> no every way. Moment of no this. Way. Where did I even leave off in my train of thought? Well, that's why you have to leave it all in because we're just going to keep going, Cam. <laughs> I don't like this. I don't like it. <laughs> I can't tell if I'm speaking in the episode or out right now. Oh and yeah, it's, well, it makes me afraid. Listen, listen. I don't understand. I only speak like I'm always in an episode of something. So no, not me. <laughs> there's there's no uh, there's no separation of reality and showmanship here. So to recap, there will be no video this week, okay? Because of a technical glitch. Technical glitch. That's what we're gonna and call it. We are going to move forward with the with the episode. <laughs> you can listen to us. But not see our beautiful faces, and we could tell you whatever we want that we're doing in the background. That's true. So, I can remove all these graphics and everything that looked so nice. I can just get rid of that. Yeah, and we they don't just, matter. They don't matter. Wow, this we, is making me. 
we have more real estate now for our faces to chat with each other <laughs> and people can just assume that we're in the same room as one another right now, even though we've clearly told them. This is giving me extreme not. anxiety. This is like, this is like, here's what I'm picturing is like me and Kirk are, are driving in a car down the road and <laughs> I didn't see something and I hit it and we oh. don't, we don't know what it was. And you're like, and, and I'm panicking and I'm like, we have to go back and check. And you're the bad guy in this scenario, obviously. Yeah. And you're like, no, it didn't happen. Nothing happened. Everything's fine. Just keep going. Everything's yeah. good. That's that's what's happening in my brain right now. And tomorrow morning we'll find out that we murdered someone. <laughs> right. Died a slow and painful death on the side of the road. And the uh, the son, <laughs> the father of this child, is actually in the mafia, and he is actually going to come exactly. after us. Exactly. And track us down. Yeah. And then we're in a then we're in a Liam Neeson movie, and yeah, yeah it's not going to be good because I'm str- I'm stressed about this. I'm stressed, but. We're too far in now, Kirk. I can't. I can't stop now. So here we go. We're not doing video this week due to a technical glitch. So for those of you who usually watch on YouTube, you won't even know unless you find us on the podcast. So just check our socials, and here we are. That's right. Okay, deep breaths. We're gonna bring Fall this back together. Fall in love together. with our voices. We're gonna talk <laughs> like 1970s DJs the rest of this episode. I wish I was capable of that. I really do. Um, give it a try. Just no, give it a try. I can't Say because something. my voice actually isn't full full strength anyway, so I just but, know that I won't be able to do it. But give us more like a smoky, raspy thing. Not, you don't smoke, <laughs> but it's because of the deviant septum that I think you That's can right. get it for us. Say like, coming up next, it's Scotty Jones and the Blue Tones. Go ahead. No, I'm going to say, coming up next, we're going to review Guardians of the Galaxy, the holiday special. See how Ooh. easy that was? That was so pretty, though. I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's just let's just do this stupid thing. All right, synopsis. Now this review is going to be longer than the movie itself. Synopsis is me. Here we go. My synopsis of this film is that we find the Guardians in their new home, which is the uh, planet thing, formerly known as Nowhere, which is, as you can recall, the the disembodied head of a dead celestial. The Guardians now own. This place, it is their humble abode, and they are doing their business out of it. Um, it is uh, effectively Christmas time on Earth, and so because Peter Quill is feeling a little bit sad, having lost Gamora, having no family around, etc., Mantis and Drax go on a search for some Christmas cheer for Peter Quill in the form of Kevin Bacon. They are gonna, they are gonna bring. Kevin Bacon to Peter Quill because he is the greatest hero on planet earth. So they think, and that's going to be his Christmas present. Um, so that's it. That's the premise of the, of the movie Mantis and Drax going to earth to kidnap Kevin Bacon and bring him to nowhere. What a plot. Pretty straightforward. Plot. And like, it's actually, you know, like it's, it's not like they're trying to kidnap like a character that Kevin Bacon, like it's, it's actually him. So I figured that was clear, but I just wanted to make sure that that was clear. Yeah, any of the uninitiated. Right, right. And uh, uh, why Kevin Bacon, Cam? Why? Why would they ever pick just random Kevin Bacon? Oh, because that's what that's what Peter Quill had, has been telling them. We heard him talk about it in, in the first movie, how Kevin Bacon was the greatest hero of all time because he saved a town through dancing. <laughs> and then that ties in whenever he does the dance-off with Ronan at the end of the movie. Um, he talks about David Hasselhoff in the second movie, but I can't remember if he talks about Kevin Bacon. 
in the second movie. He, he must say his name once, like at least one time. I think there has to be yeah. a, like one glimpse and then maybe they pivot to also throw in another random eight seventies, eighties star. For yeah. Fun. Cause I know, I know for a fact he talks about David Hasselhoff. Um, cause, um, what is, what is Gamora call him? Oh, Sardu sure. Hasselfrau or something like that. Uh, <laughs> something like that. Anyway, so this movie is about them trying to get Kevin Bacon. So let's get into this thing. Let's talk about the best acting performances. The, the and We'll get into the production as well. And let's talk about where this stands within the Mar- the pantheon of Marvel great things and, and how, how we feel about it. So I will kick us off with my award for and the Oscar goes to which goes to the best actor in the film. Mine pretty simply is going to the person who ends up being kind of our main character in this whole thing. And that is Pom Klementiev who plays Mantis. I have loved this character since she was born onto the screen in guardians of the galaxy volume two. She is a favorite of director James guns. Um, he really likes working with her and has a close working relationship with her and they're close friends. Um, she hasn't really gotten her full time in the limelight, though. I thought she fits so seamlessly into the rest of the Guardians crew coming out of Volume 2 as well as Infinity War. Even though the Guardians didn't get a ton of time to shine, Mantis just, just fits right in. And in this one, um, her, so her part of her powers, as you will remember, is that she's an empath, which means that she fe- can feel what other people are feeling and can make people feel things. And... I love how they continue to show how empathetic she is as a person and how much she cares about people. And I loved how Pom Klementiev um, really showed with her extra screen time that she got, how that weighs on her and how much of a burden it is on her and um, how she, she sort of feels uh, ownership for other people's emotions. And that's not just through the written dialogue, but also through the way that she reacts and is acting in the film as she, tampers with people's emotions, including Kevin Bacon and many police officers and other people. Um, she brings a great comedic punch as she always has alongside her buddy, Dave Bautista, who plays Drax. They have such a great banter and back and forth that goes on between the two of them. And she really drove it home in this movie and really shouldered the burden of, of making sure the plot stayed on track and, and making sure the tone was set throughout it. And I thought that she did a great job at every single checkpoint. So Pom Clementiev, great job. Mantis loved it. Wonderful. My favorite <laughs> line that she says in this special is when they need the roadmap uh, to find Kevin Bacon's house. And there's that random lady. And she <laughs> says, give me that map. <laughs> and she uh, persuades her kind of like a Jedi wave. Yeah. Right. And she touches her and she says, you're going to give me that map. And then she looks at her and she's like, Give me all your money. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. The timing, the intent, it absolutely killed me. I loved it. I loved it. My Oscar is, uh, I don't know. It's, it's very strange. It's very ironic. My Oscar goes to Kevin Bacon, (laughs) who is playing himself in this special. Uh, I always think it's, something of a weird presentational phenomenon when an actor has to play him or herself because in the public eye, 
they have their sort of public persona and you get glimpses of who they really are sometimes in interviews or in paparazzi uh, shots uh, or paparazzi videos. So Kevin Bacon, a true silver screen uh, superstar is pretending to be himself. And I don't know, I, I get a feel for it really is his fabricated public persona because I've seen his recent TikToks of where he's like playing music with his daughter and he's just like super chill and 100% a child of the 70s. I mean, like he lets his beard grow out. His hair is all disheveled. He's wearing these oversized shirts. Like he really lets a comfort zone for him. So when you see him all polished and, and bright and smiling and chiseled, on screen it's like look at this look at this wonderful persona of a person and i i love it i absolutely love it uh uh so you know you get this in uh, you know the unbearable weight uh, of massive talent with nicholas cage which i haven't seen but cam has he can talk a little bit more about presentation and what's real and what's not but i just love the full-blown all in energy from Kevin Bacon <laughs> to play himself in this special. And it was just unrelenting. You just knew that he was the pro on screen and that you just felt comfortable every time he opened his mouth. It was very, very good. Good job, Kevin. Yeah, I love that pick. And I'm actually piggybacking because I chose him as my scene stealer, Kevin Bacon, in this film. Uh, it, they do a lot of funny stuff with Kevin Bacon for about half of the movie. He's kind of not himself because he is um, entranced by Mantis. And so he is being told to like be happy to be there. So you kind of get the, uh, um, there, there's this running joke through the film of like actors are the worst. They're so terrible. And yet they're using him to act, to make Quill happy the whole time. So there's like a fun little commentary there. That's like, just truly just for fun. I don't think there's anything that much deeper into it other than it's a fun little inside joke. Um, and Kevin Bacon is a great, he, I mean, he seems like a great guy. I, I've listened to him on many podcasts and he just seems like he's very grounded and um, I, I really enjoy his perspective on things and I will try to listen to things whenever he talks about it. And I thought he was exceptional in this film. Um, what must have been just a total out of body experience for him to play himself in a Marvel movie because he didn't even know he was going to be referenced in the first film when he saw it. Um, and now for it to come to this has, has got to be a pretty, uh, a pretty silly thing. And he even had to sing an original song in the movie, uh, which he did exceptionally well. It was really a fun part of the movie. And so I just really liked the fearlessness and, and, and openness with which he jumped into this role. It could have felt really awkward and clunky if, you know, we've seen that happen before with with similar uh, cameo appearances, but he really had an earnestness about him and, and took it seriously and played his role, uh, which happened to be himself, but was also very pivotal to the the overarching plot of the of the special. So I give him a ton of credit. Kevin Bacon, the man, the myth, the legend, and now the uh, MCU star, I guess. So yes, Kevin Bacon is, officially- is my scene stealer. <laughs> He's officially in the MCU canon. So He's he canon. Can be... Yeah, Kevin Bacon is canon, so that's good. <laughs> they're going to plant him. They're going to pick him up and plant him right on the battlefield in Armor Wars, and he's going to be like, ah, 
him and what Elon Musk. Here? Elon Musk is also canon. So there, oh, we, that's we, so true. We need to go back through and find the list of like real people who are canon in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh my gosh, how fantastic would that be? It would be so great. Um, real quick, just because every time we talk about Kevin Bacon, of course we have to chat about how many degrees you are away from Mr. Bacon. Do you know how many degrees you are, Cameron? I don't, and it depends on how many how you talk about it. I think you're you're like extremely close. I think you're like two two degrees or something like that. So I'm three. If my relation to you counts, then I guess I'm four. Um, My sister was also in uh, in a movie with Tim Robbins, who was in a movie with Kevin Bacon. So uh, I'm also four via that, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. We're right there. We're right there, Kevin. I mean, if you're in the four mark and under, I feel like you're one day we have to meet. I mean, this is straight up for you, Kevin. Um, I, I, I've uh, worked, uh, worked. He's passed away since uh, <laughs> with the with the wonderful. Um, oh, I thought oh you were talking gosh. about Kevin Bacon. I'm so sorry. Oh, no. I laughed oh, at something gosh. very real there. That was so that was off color. I apologize. I was like, like Kevin Bacon's not dead. Um, I probably shouldn't even say that out loud. It will probably be smitten. Oh, I mean, especially with, uh, with the rate at which people, uh, actors are passing away. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. It and they're passing away early. So Kevin Bacon, I feel like you need to live absolutely forever because if you don't, I mean, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna cry. Um, but Mr. Jack Milo, I, I work, I got to work with Mr. Jack Milo in a theater production in the Midwest. And he was in, um, that thing you do with Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, great Apollo movie. 13. Great. Movie. So all, all the, all we're so close. We've got the chair ready. It's printed. It's ready. Please come on our podcast, Kevin Bacon. That's my plea every time we talk about your name. And my scene stealer today <laughs> happens to be also, we've just flip-flopped today, Miss uh, Miss Palm Clen- Clementief. She is uh, something very special in this piece. Like I said, my favorite line she says is, give me all your money. Um, she, we get all these different colors of her that we didn't get before because her her part, her role has not been uh, expanded upon and it truly was uh, a marvel, pun intended, to watch in this very nice special. So very excited to see her role expand and grow and become something bigger. If everyone dies except for her, I feel like she would be a, a really easy uh, person to go on past Guardians Three to team up with someone, right? Because she's someone who can, um, who can really just adapt to anything because she can always connect with people. So, Pom, looking forward to see what other work you have in the future. Yes, agree with that. Agree. Um, so we chose the same people just in different in different spots. So that's cool. That's that's fun. Look it's been a while that. since we've done that. But let's talk about the production. Uh, you know, format here is a holiday special. It doesn't abide by the same you know, three act structure that you would see in a typical film. It doesn't abide by the rules of television. It's a special, it's its own thing, but let's talk about it. Um, let's start with show showstopper, which is the big, um, you know, hallmark, not hallmark, the network, but you know, like the big, (laughs) (laughs) the hallmark of the film, the thing that really stuck out and and sold it. Um, for me, it's going to be the Christmas magic. Isn't that cheesy? I'm going with the Christmas magic. Um, James Gunn being a master of the, you know, 80s and 90s throwback nostalgia cinema that he appears to be, um, was able to bottle up and release 
that wonderful nostalgic Christmas magic that we've come to love in movies like Home Alone and, uh, you know, even even somewhat crappy movies like Jingle All the Way. These movies that are cheesy but still have that, that, that factor, that it factor, that Christmas magic that keeps you coming back for more year after year. Um, and he was able to capture that. There is a scene in this, this movie uh, or this special where Peter Quill is walking out into sort of like the grand entryway of, or not the entry, but like the quad, the open area, the open forum of nowhere. And yeah. the lights start to turn on and the snowflakes get kicked off and you can just see his face lighting up and he's spinning around and the camera's spinning with him. And it's just that holiday euphoria, the warmness of it all. You can feel it. And I love that. That's how, you know, a filmmaker is just in his bag because it's something like that, that can feel so artificial if it's done wrong. But when you do it, you know, he loves working with these people like on a very real level and was able to recreate that with him, with them. He knew exactly what it needed to look like, feel like, and he was able to recreate that in this special. And that's something that a lot of, I feel like so many people recently have tried to make new entries into the Christmas classic, um, I don't know, archives, the, the very you know, coveted list of, of holiday Christmas cult classics. And nobody recently has been able to do it. I think that movie Claws that's on Netflix is really good. That was nominated, nominated or maybe even won Best Animated Feature at the Oscars. There are a few films here and there, but it's hard to make a Christmas classic film. And I think that that's because it has to feel real. And this, this uh, special pulled it off. It felt very heartfelt, warm, and like all the things that a holiday movie should. So the Christmas magic is my holiday or is my showstopper for the holiday special. That's so true. That's really so true. The Christmas magic. I didn't even think about that, but really it, it really encapsulates everything. Uh, the full catharsis, right? Like we got to make sure it's special for him and it feels very special for everyone involved. So beautiful. I love it. My showstopper is much more shallow and I really enjoyed the chase scene uh, through Kevin Bacon's very expensive mansion and the destruction of everything through it. The breaking in, uh, the jumping of the fence, the entire sequence was just pure joy. I got to say, you'll you'll find out a little bit showing my hand and then my director's shoes. The opening was a little, felt a little off balance, but then we get to this and you really get to see uh, Palm and Dave, because uh, first names, right? Uh, Drax and Mantis in their full-fledged momentum. Uh, their characters are, are, are throwing stuff with at each other. They're listening, they're playing, and we get into this just absolute havoc and uh, Kevin Bacon scared for his life that these animals are coming to collect him and kidnap him when his, he just wants to spend Christmas with his family uh, in his home. So that whole sequence, man, was it just absolute gold? I loved every moment of it. I'm laughing very hard. Uh, I had to, I had to silence myself there because as you were describing it, it's just hilarity. It's hilarity to the nth degree. And even as I picture it in my mind, the physical comedy is at such a high level in that whole sequence. My favorite part, which had me absolutely rolling. I had to pause the movie because I, and rewind it to watch it again because I was laughing so hard is when Mantis is like jumping at him, like a horror movie character, <laughs> like 
flying across like from banister to banister like a straight and james gunn being the horror genius that he is shot that scene totally perfectly and then they're hopping alongside the fence as he's running to the cops oh my gosh that whole sequence is absolutely preposterous in every way um, yes so especially them talking about the candy cane and him being like I thought it was a man. And she was like, you thought this was a man? <laughs> Do you love Peter Quill more than the man? And, and he like, like has that long. <laughs> he's like, I want my little man, my little, my funny little man. Yes, oh man. Yes. It's so good. It's, it's very funny. And you're, you're totally right. There is a, there is a clunkiness at the beginning that quickly gets sorted out once those two kind of set off on their mission. So I like that call out as well. Uh, and that brings us right to director shoes, which is the thing we, you know, that took it away, took some stuff away from this movie. I think the biggest one for me is, is, is the production quality. Um, the budget is clearly low on this. The, uh, compared to what we have seen from the guardians in the past, what we've seen from Marvel studios in the past, the nowhere scenes, just no way around it. It feels like a soundstage because it is, it is a soundstage in, in Georgia you know, it's a soundstage in Atlanta, Georgia. And there are a lot of times they, they mostly rectify it at the end with the Christmas lights. And, you know, James, I don't think this is a knock on James Gunn at all, because I think he did absolutely the best that he possibly could under the circumstances, but particularly in that first sequence that you mentioned. And at times whenever um, Quill is kind of walking around and interacting with people and kind of moping about on, on Christmas, you're like, man, this just feels like a you know soundstage, and it should never feel that way. You should never be able to look at it and be like, this is just one room <laughs> in a place somewhere. Um, but unfortunately, it did feel like that. I think that's just a product of what this is. It's not a full budget theatrical release. It's a forty-five minute special for Disney Plus, and so that just is what it is. But even by the standards of a television show this felt hollow at times because of that. So that takes away from it for me. Yep. 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 Uh, yeah, it, it is at the, the beginning, as I said, clunky at the beginning, there's like, there's like no energy. I think it's because these actors have been given incredibly, uh, incredible opportunities to be on sets that just feel so real, like feel like the planets, feel like the planet nowhere, feel like wherever they're supposed to go, feel like they're in a ship, et cetera, and on and on and on. And then they, and then they're just sitting there with uh, some uh, some LED screens behind them. It feels like, and uh, just, just it just doesn't get the feeling. It takes more effort to get there and clearly they're not locked in on it um i also feel like we could have started at nowhere in a darker place like we already had vibrant colors which you have to have in the guardians world but could they have been just a little bit darker but still vibrant and then could we every time we kind of cut back to um you know there's an argument over the radio about what uh, what Mantis and, and Drax are doing to we're trying to save Peter Quill's Christmas, right? And could we see not in like a Muppet way of like, let's get ready for Christmas for Peter, but what like in a way that they're preparing to make it something special and maybe those those colors just get turned up a dial. That's what I wanted to see with this instead of we get almost the same level of color palette, just add the Christmas and it takes away from the final punch a little bit. And again, it could have 
connected the story uh, from the get-go a little bit better. It, it didn't feel like we were in nowhere. In fact, I watched this twice. I knew we were in nowhere by the end of the first time I watched. And they do introduce that they're there right away, but it's blink and you miss it fast. So we needed a little bit more visual context to where we were. Yep, totally agree with that. We, we have been to nowhere uh, on more than one occasion in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So if it doesn't look like that, then there's a disconnect going on there. Yeah. And sure, some of that can be explained by the Guardians are in charge now. You know, this is after Thanos, this place sort of fell to ruin, and then the Guardians came in and spruced it up, whatever. But that context is not there. Um, and so there needs to be more there to kind of ground us so we don't feel like, what, what, what are we doing here? What exactly is here, and why is it like this? Um, so I totally agree with that. All right, let's wrap this up. Final thoughts and scores. I'll kick us off. Um, I really enjoyed this. I think it definitely has a shaky start, as Kirk and I have both kind of talked about. But as soon as these actors get in their element and, and James Gunn sends them on their merry way to do the task at hand, it uh, tonally, um, you know, pacing, uh, all of it really shapes up really nicely. The the balance between characters is struck really, really well. I think it was incredibly smart to pair off Drax and Mantis for this adventure and let them take the lead. I think that was crafty. Um, it, it helped keep things balanced. You didn't feel like, Oh, I need more Peter Quill. I need more of this or that. Like they really, he, they really did a good job of balancing it out. Kevin Bacon is a just super fun, pleasant surprise, uh, scene stealer, showstopper, whatever you want to call him. He, he injects so much life into this, special and they end up pulling off something that is just a really fun, wholesome watch for the holidays and something that I will certainly revisit. Um, obviously I, I wish that it was the same quality as all of the other Marvel movies, but I think given the resources that he had at his disposal, James Gunn did an excellent job, um, came along with his signature visual style, his, um, you know, sharp comedic writing and another, lovely soundtrack this time a holiday themed soundtrack um that just really gives a movie a ton of life it's something that he's he's very good at and i really enjoyed it so i'm giving it a 7.9 out of 10 i look forward to watching it with my wife who has not gotten a chance to see it and uh yeah really enjoyed it I, it just they you know uh, I, I quite a few times killed the suspension of disbelief and it felt a little bit too much like a product because of <clears throat> the way the, the resources they use to make this. But that's my that's my only major knock. It just happens to be kind of a big one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My final thoughts <laughs> and score. I have also not watched this with my wife. I've actually watched this twice through now because I watched it originally so long ago versus when we're recording that I needed to refresh myself. So I hope you're not mad at me, Aubrey. Please listen to this episode with a grain of salt. I love you. And... What this movie gives us, I almost wish, the only thing that I wished that would have happened with this is that they would have dove so straight into, you know, the mimicry of of st- the Star Wars, the infamous Star Wars special, that they would have just gone completely absurd, maybe even put us up on a stage, had a private audience and have them all sign NDAs uh, versus what, what this was. But it was it was succinct it was concise there was very little room for fluff and it knew exactly what it was and in fact i would venture to say that it would be much more exciting if all these future disney plus 
uh, series, which sound like they're getting axed right now from uh, Bob Iger, if they would become specials, because that is very, uh, it's very intriguing. Like you are engaged from the get go. You are locked in, you're captivated. You have no room to look away or scroll, scroll your phone or your iPad or whatever. So I really enjoyed this piece. I will rewatch it again. I think I'll rewatch it again multiple years to come. I'm giving it an 8.2 out of 10 kernels today. Nice. And yeah, you, you alluded to it, but there could be some truth to that, Kirk, that, you know, Marvel series may be, you know, few and far between in the future. There there are multiple reports that are just rumors at this point that Bob Iger has made it clear that he wants to refocus Marvel on quality over quantity, which I think certainly um, music to our ears here, Kirk. So um, the fact that kind of our, our main concerns it sounds like with this one is the quality of it at times and and so if they could iron things like that out give us more special presentations spend more time and money on them do less six episode series because that format sucks um yes that could go a long way so i hope you get your christmas wish there kirk oh, and uh thank you we can we can maybe see some more specials in the future but Totally agree. Fun holiday special. Guardians of the Galaxy. Thank you guys so much for listening. Sorry for the technical errors for anybody who typically is on YouTube. We actually had more technical errors that you hopefully will not notice in the middle of the episode just trying to record the audio. So it ended up being for the best that it wasn't recording in the first place. Look at that. Um, that's You guys got a nice <laughs> glimpse behind the curtain <laughs> there as we tried to figure that out. But thank you for bearing with us and for listening to this episode. It was shorter than the holiday special by a you know, like 15-ish minutes, so we get extra special marks there, but we will leave you with the beautiful sounds of Rhetoric, the band who created our original music, as well as a special thanks to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs. Don't know what we have on the docket for next week, but we will be there, so we will see you then. Bye. Bye.